What is up guys? It's Jordan back with starting to start up and I got just one thing to say Fuck Holy shit has things been crazy lately. We have been uh, We've been going really hard at the combat carding stuff. We're doing our expansion uh, On top of all that we are making major changes to like our hours our staffing setup how we're how we're uh, scheduling people our management team um, and all on top of that I got a chance to go to Europe Six days, six, some, seven days, somewhere around there. I don't know. Anyways, I mean, there's a metric fuckload of stuff I've got to catch you guys up on here, and I feel like I could talk for hours on it, but honestly, I'm going to hope that I can actually uh, keep this, keep everything in a straight line here in my head because so much has been happening. Um, so anyways, um, this if you haven't listened before, my name's Jordan. I'm the owner of High Caliber Card and Entertainment. Um, one of the owners, there's many of us that are all involved with this. Um, the sole host of this podcast, a um, little bit boring that way. But anyways, so here's how it works. I when A long time ago, I was trying to get some uh, business up and running. And I was really trying to help understand things about how you get started and what obstacles you run into and whatnot. So I was looking for something like this for quite some time, something like a podcast or a show. And at the time, I couldn't find shit. And it was probably because I was terrible at searching because, guys, there is plenty of stuff out there. Um, but anyways, I figured what I'll do is I'll just chronicle all the things that I did step by step, the things I learned, uh, whether right or wrong. I'm just going to, I'm going to get it recorded and then hopefully I'll remember later on if I was wrong that I give you guys an update. But by no means should you take my advice and run with it. It works for me. doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you. Anyways, I thought about it and I thought, man, if just one person gets a chance to listen to this and actually make a change in their life moving this direction, whether it's entrepreneur or, you know, becoming the best version of who you are and what you do, um, you know, if if you just want to be more informed of the, uh, the, the role of an entrepreneur, the steps that you take in that part, um, that's really what this podcast is there for. Now, if you are a first-time listener, um, there is... Uh, something I ask for everybody, uh, please recommend this if you would. If you find the content good, which I know you will, because it is fucking great. If you find, if you if you like the content, refer it to a friend. If you know anybody that would actually enjoy this or benefit from this, so um, that's the way we grow, and that's my that helps me get to my goal of one motherfucker actually listening and learning from something that I'm saying, um, whether it's for, because I said something right or because I'm completely wrong and uh, they. Um, I get a chance to be able to uh, come back and correct myself. Um, so anyways, guys, I want to get started. Um, something these last few uh, months I just I, I had almost gotten away from. Um, so we're getting ready to do this expansion. You know, we've got the we've got a metric shitload of things we're bringing into it. It's an additional 25,000 square feet. Um, with that, we're going to be bringing archery tag, 20 lanes of foaling, a badass bar with 32 taps of craft beers on it, outdoor patio seating with like fireplaces and shit, um, or whatever, fire pits. Um, Goddamn, we're going to have a beer cap frisbee, duffel board. You can search it, duffel board with a D. It's in Seattle. It uh, looks pretty fucking sweet. It's going to be something along those lines. Um, and then... Uh, you know, obviously, there's some of these things that we have to call it something different because it's a trademark name to it. Um, but anyways, 
Um, we're also bringing in bubble hockey, which is like foosball, but fucking cool. Um, so, uh, and then on top of that, we got like beer pong, we're rolling into it and rage rooms. We're going to be bringing three of those in. It's this massive undertaking. And with this, I've got to take these, both of these locations. Cause I have to, they're, they're pretty much like two separate buildings. It's kind of how you have to think of it. We're going to make a way to, for them to connect and we're going, okay. What gets our customers to flow back and forth through this and create a one conducive space when really it's just going to be connected by a hallway? So we have to think about like aesthetically and physically, how do people get the feeling that it's connected as one place and also get people to flow through like it's one place without much um, like a, this long extended hallway, which we already fucking have. But anyways, we're going to try to fix that. So. I have to get this stuff all popped together and then lay out, like maybe we'll move pocket soccer and then, well, should we keep the arcade here? Should we keep axe throwing here? Like we have to figure out all these things about all these different directions that we can change this stuff. Um, but the hard part is, is you really don't fucking know. Um, I mean, there's people way smarter than me. They could probably do some like customer flow study or something. They could come in, they can see where does everything go or how do people flow through here? Um, at what times do they come? What can, and then maybe even give suggestions on how we can increase that. That's probably some next level shift, shit that exists out there. But right now, I'm going to deal with what makes sense to me. And we did that with the first location. I did a really bad fucking job. But we, were, we got a chance to be able to learn from that. So that's, you know, this is trial number two. And that's anything with life. If, you know, if, if at first you don't succeed, get back up and fight again. And every time you're going to be a little bit better each time you do something. Um, so anyways, as I'm laying all this stuff out, I'm realizing, man, I want to bring all this stuff into this facility, but I've actually never fucking done it, um, at the exclusion of foaling. Um, you know, I haven't actually played archery tag. I mean, we shoot each other and we run behind barriers. I can't imagine it's much different than that, but you know what? There is like this whole association and everything. I should probably go actually do it. And yeah, rage rooms, I, man, I've had a lot of people asking me about that. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's just throw some in there. It'll be fun. And as I'm thinking about that, it's like, well, I should probably go actually experience one to confirm that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've thrown like full computer servers out of the back of a 96 Cutlass, uh, I don't even remember, Cutlass Calais or whatever. Um, while my friends were driving at like 80 miles an hour just to watch that thing just go slamming down the road. And that was pretty fucking fun. So I have a feeling that this is going to be pretty similar to that. Um, but... Um, as, as well with all that, I thought, okay, let's go to each of these locations and let's try it out. So first thing I do is I get all of our guys together and we head over to, um, we head over to uh, Grand Rapids to Foley. And um, so we have Zach and Casey and Jalissa and Kevin and uh, Mariel, Zach's wife, and Lindsay, uh, Casey's wife. Um, we have all of them come and we get a chance to, you know, do the reservation, ask a ton of questions and really get a better chance to understand what we're doing. Now, I want you to think about this. We're checking out the competition. How many businesses are actually taking the effort to do that? How many people are actually taking the effort to do that? You know, let's say, let's say you have a, a goal of moving up in the company, right? You want to, you want to be the next fucking CEO of the company, right? Well, what is it that the people who are currently successful doing to make themselves successful? Are they reading personal development books? If so, what ones are they reading? Are they, um, you know, going to some type of school? Are they taking some sort of class? You know, ask these questions to find out what helps them or what did they do when they were in your steps or um, how. And when you start asking questions to those people, they're going to open the door to help teach you how how to succeed. But 
you know, at the end of the day, they are your competition for that role, or um, potentially they're the ones that you get to say yes or no on whether you move into that role. Um, but anyways, we realized that not just one location need to be visited. We need to visit multiple locations. And the reason is, is because you have to, you have to ask your, everybody does something a little bit differently. You think of like your favorite bakery, your favorite bakery probably has, is really fucking good at, let's say donuts. That's like their shit. They're badasses at that, but they don't make fucking Belgian waffles. They're not good at that. So focus on the things that they do well and ask yourself, what can I do? If I own a fucking bakery, what, how can I build, make donuts the way they make it? And you know, whether, I don't know if you can fucking go back there, but you know, you get a, you can go a long ways with people by going to a business and saying, Hey, can I learn more about your business? Or can I ask you some questions about your product? This is really fucking amazing. I would like to know more about this. So the first things you got to ask yourself is who is it? And now I, that may be simple. You're like, oh, well, it's fucking bacon cakes or whatever. You know, it's some, it, that's the name of the company. No, I don't give a shit what the name of the company is. Who is it? What do they represent? What is it about them that the, that the community finds attractive or that the, the, the customers that come to them, what makes them come to them? Um, and that is uh, probably the biggest piece that you really need. If you can understand that about your competition, you're already going to be 90% of the way better than anybody else. Um, but the next thing is, what do they do? And it's not they fucking bake stuff. Like, just really think about this. What do they do? Maybe the better question is, how do they do it? Um, after saying that out loud, that's absolutely the better question. How do they do it? You know, they, if they make great donuts, how is that? Is it a process? Is it standardized? Do they have great people? But even with that, you can have the best fucking donuts in the world, but if you're an absolute asshole, nobody's going to want to go to you. So there's experience involved with that. There's um, ease of use. If I have to wait two hours in line every time I go to get one of your donuts, I'm not going to go wait two hours in line. So how do they do it? Those are all major components. And you have to look at the, the details to it, not specifically the, the actual recipe or you know, the actual, uh, you know, our go-kart track, you know, how much money they charge or you know, do they get brief first and at what point do they go into the go-karts? It's what are the interactions while these people are doing it as well? Um, and then the next thing is, is how do you know? And you're probably gonna wanna answer like, well, I saw it, okay? How was it that you, it was so easy for you to see it? Are they very, is there, is there consistency to how people uh, greet a customer? You know, um, if you think of anything with, um, God damn, we're reading this book right now called The Experience Economy. And uh, one of the things he said in there was, if it has to have an instruction manual, it's not uh, well designed. Um, and the idea is, is that something should just be intuitive if it's designed properly. Um, so if you're looking at that on, on how do I know that they're doing this right? How do I know that they are successful? It's, you know, you can plot that out to, well, there's always people in the parking lot, or I look at the reviews online that I see that they're out there. So those are things people are looking for from your business or, um, you know, man, I, I always try to bring this back over to like a personal development type of thing, but you know what? It is straight up pretty much just building a business. So, um, it, no matter what, yes, there's a component of the personal development to it, but I was just realizing that, that um, I'm trying to make that distinction drawing over to that. And I wanna be very clear, checking out your competition is very much so going to be something you do for a physical business. Now there is competition out there for any position and whatnot, but let's just talk about this in the sense of a business. Um, so the next thing is, is what do they do well? 
And this is a little bit harder for you to be able to do because you really got to set your ego down. Um, you know, you we run a, a fantastic go-kart track, one that we are extremely proud of. But at the same time, there's other people doing a great job as well. Um, and they're honestly, in many cases, doing it better than us. And it gives us a chance to look at what the competition is that they're doing. If you can identify what they do well, if you can humble yourself and focus on that, you're going to do great. But what you're going to find, everybody does this, is you always look at what do they do poorly. Because you show up there and you just want to be able to just point out like, yeah, fuck them. They suck at this. And, you know, we're so much better than that. But what the hell are you learning from that? What are you taking away from that? All it's doing is going to it's going to bolster your ego. It's going to make you feel good. But you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is for you to learn from them and get a chance to be able to implement those things so that you can be more competitive against them. Because if they're doing it better than you, they have an edge on you. And if you can take that edge away, then suddenly it's back in your favor. So moral of the story, check out your fucking competition. Go out there and actually experience it. Go get an oil change from your competition. You know, go buy a donut or a coffee or something like that from the local uh, the uh, local coffee shop or the Starbucks or whatever. Don't be too proud to go do that because every time you do it, open your fucking eyes and you're going to see something that you should do differently that's going to improve you. Now, after you do that, after you do your competition, and then it's time to spread your wings a little bit. Okay. Now, I want you to think about, um, you know, outside of the city. So right now, you know, we're in Okemos, Michigan. So if we're doing, uh, if we're checking out go-kart tracks, obviously we're going to be outside of the area. So we're going to head to JD Karting in Novi or Kart to Kart over in, I think, Sterling Heights it is, just uh, EIKR over in, uh, I think it's Saginaw, uh, maybe Flint, I don't know, we're over in that area. It's been so damn long since I've been to those specific ones, but I went there all the fucking time. Uh, that was how I was counting to understand what their customer count was and what their flows were sitting out in the parking lot and freezing my ass off. Um, but anyways, then you got to start thinking, okay, Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and you're going to start stretching out. And sooner or later, you're going to be in fucking California and you're going to be in Hawaii or whatever. And, you, you know, these really far away states and eat with each area, they handle their customers a little bit differently and they value things a little bit differently. Now, once you re th at this point, you're really fucking moving because you're seeing what is the best of the best out there. And if you're bringing that back and implementing it, those fucking people know who you are when you walk through the door now because <laughs> you're kicking ass. Now, after that, after you get done with that, after you're through states, now start thinking countries. Now, this is when you start to see the major transition into the business of where you really start understanding things a little bit better because when you cross the big fucking ponds or whatever, or any of the borders, you see a whole different world of how things are done. So um, we went to England, or Europe, I'm sorry. We went to Europe uh, over the last four days. Uh, Jalissa and I did. Now, we went there. There was, a, there was an event there um, that's, I don't know, it's the Carding Spectacular or some shit like that, some absolutely ridiculous name. Um, but uh, when we went to it, the goal was for us to be able to just kind of figure out, is this something we need to be at for combat karting? And also get us a chance to check out some of the tracks over in Europe because we had heard they're very different. Um, so we go to this thing, we go to this education seminar and I learned an absolute shit ton from it. I, I'm extremely thankful we made the trip over there. This is all the way in Offenbach, Germany. Um, but for that education seminar, we had an absolute blast. We met a couple of these Australian dudes um, one is just absolutely batshit crazy. He's just ridiculous. Um, the other one is just one of the like 
kindest and humblest sons of bitches that is just, I mean, he has a hell of a sense of humor. Um, he, I mean, these guys are, God, they're probably in their mid-50s, and I mean, they act like they're eight years old, yeah, eight years old, which just tells me that this industry, we're not much different. That you know, everybody who's doing stuff in this industry is just a bunch of fucking kids. Um, but anyways, so we go over to this to to Europe and we go to Germany, and the first thing we do is we go to this uh, cart track called Echo Cart, and uh, it's ECO, um, and I go in there and it is absolutely fucking gorgeous i mean their their track i should say they're the inside the waiting area the lobby which was rather small um left a quite a bit to be desired but they had some cool stuff that we got a chance to learn from some different color changing led things um we watched a system that was fucking sweet they had uh they print you a driver's slip that has a barcode on it and you sit in the cart and the person just scans your driver's slip and the uh barcode and the one the barcode on the cart and it assigns you to it which I mean, guys, I can't even explain to you how much time that would physically save. Um, but anyways, in that process, I'm watching these things. But their cart track is fucking great. Uh, black uh, black epoxy floor, brand new, brand new Remo carts, which are just spectacular carts. Um, and I go out on the track in this thing, and I'm just like, okay, these guys are they're doing it good. I'm like, all right, this is Europe. This is going to be sweet. Ready, set, go. And I go, and it's just fucking nothing happens. It is slow as shit. I lifted on this three-story track twice, and it is just pretty much all hairpins. And, I mean, I just, I didn't understand how they could have so many things right and just get the fundamentals wrong. I mean, the employees did not give a shit. There was a dude with a flag sitting at the start-finish line, Nobody was on the track, so if anybody spun out, they had to get themselves turned around, which it was perfectly fine because I could be, they could spin out right in front of me. I could come to a complete stop before I hit them because the carts were so damn slow. Um, but the, you know, the lobby was small, but we also learned things like um, they, don't, they don't do arrive and drive. So in Europe, you have to schedule your race. That's like the thing. Like you can arrive and drive, but it's pretty freaking uncommon. You schedule the race, for, uh, you know, in, in advance, and then you arrive at that time to do your race, and it is like a race. Um, so the one I did, it was a, God, I think a six-minute qualifier and then a 30-minute race. Um, and, yes, these were electric carts, uh, which I was very impressed with. Um, carts didn't have any issues being able to operate that entire time, but um, in all fairness, they're probably at our junior speed, so I would fair guess ours wouldn't be much different at that point. Um, but, you know, there's a thrill that people come to us for. And that thrill is, you know, to really be exhilarated by maybe pushing yourself a little bit faster than you, than you would if you were out on the road, right? Um, and I have all these people in these European markets telling me, you made a huge fucking mistake by cranking your carts up as fast as you can make them. Nobody does that anywhere. You tune the cart to the customer. They're there just to ride go-karts. They're not there to be exhilarated. And all you're doing is you're asking yourself for trouble because people are going to spin out and people are going to have to be stopped and they won't take it seriously and all this stuff. And I said, yeah, 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 I get that. I see that all the time. But you know what? I was that same person. And when I went to the cart tracks that were really fucking fast, I remember that that sincere feeling of excitement I got afterwards. It was just like it's 
you adrenaline junkies can understand this, but a lot of you might not be able to, but there is a cleansing feeling to people who are driven by by excitement and thrills. It's like uh, once you're done with it, it's like you're a new fucking person. Um, and there's nothing really much more disappointing than expecting something to give you that and it not. It's like it's like a heroin addict getting a, tossed a needle and then finding out that it has water in it or something like that. God, that's a fucked up analogy. But anyways, it's like that's that's seriously how intense it is. It's like you need that fit. That is something that you would just look so forward to when you when you get it that experience to um, to just you know push yourself past a boundary. God, I'm gonna sound like a fucking heroin addict now. I don't do heroin, but anyways, um, you push yourself past a boundary of where you were comfortable, and it makes you walk away a different person. And that drive and that desire for a being. Feeling a little, feeling like a different person is definitely something innate to the adrenaline junkie. But anyways, um, I'm losing my track of my mind on that one. Um, so the cart track, uh, with ours being as fast as they are, uh, people were arguing with us about we should slow our carts down. We did it wrong, and we're you know maintenance costs are gonna be through the roof. And yes, we see all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I know what it means to have somebody show up and push themselves to pass a certain you know norm for themselves. And that's what we're really about. And that's the experience we're giving to customers. We're making a connection and we're allowing them to be a little bit ridiculous. Um, and they didn't have that anywhere in Europe. Nobody cared. Nobody really. I mean. There was, uh, unfortunately, not really anybody who spoke English, and, and even more so, unfortunately, I don't know how to speak German, so um, I really can't comment much on people not communicating, but um, the experience left a lot to be desired. And as I traveled from cart track to cart track in Europe, and I realized that they were all like this, every one of them was a straight racing cart track. It was... It, you know, it might as well be Groton Raceway or uh, MIS. Um, you show up there and you are a professional racer. People wearing suits and shit like that when they arrive and bringing their own helmets with, like, ventilation devices. That's fantastic, but I'll tell you guys, honestly, that's probably, like, 5% of our customers. And I think, honestly, we're not all much that different in this world. And you'd be surprised. They're, uh, everybody's pretty similar in, in one way or another. Um, values and beliefs may change, but at the end of the day, what makes us happy and what makes us mad are usually pretty um, standard things, like connecting with people and uh, feelings of exhilaration. Those things make you happy. They make you. They make everybody happy. Um, and then you know, the stuff that makes you sad is insincerity or uh, um, disbelief in you or something like that. Those things make everybody sad. So you know, it's what I'm getting at is. If I'm over in Europe, um, people over in Europe are no different than the people in America. So our product, what we've created, I know will work in other countries. Now, I get it. There's cultural changes and shit like that you have to do. Um, you know, I'm not going to be able to go run to China and do the same marketing campaign we do here. But you know what? What we offer, those core fundamental values I was just speaking about, those stay consistent out there. Um, at least in my belief, and I probably a bunch of international business and businessmen would probably hop on this and yell at me and tell me how terribly wrong I am. But you know what? I'll fi I'll figure that out. So thanks, guys. If you want to, send me an email and tell me how wrong I am, and maybe I'll get a chance to learn something. Um, but anyways, their market is they have the wrong priorities. They're focusing on um, what the cart tracks used to be, rather than them being something that you go and use experience to connect with people and have fun. Now you can race. You can be an all-out racer for us. But at the end of the day, that's 
that's just one of the ways of connecting. You can connect by just getting out on the track at the same time. Like my dad and I going out and racing, it's just, it just sounds phenomenal. You know, even though I'm going to blow his fucking doors off, you know what? We're still going to have fun when we're out there. And I guarantee you, he's probably going to try to block me or some shit too. You know, that is something that everybody can connect with and can do well with business. Um, so, you know, we, we, we had this like uh, major realization of what our priorities were at that point, what things we needed to be focused on, because as we went to their competition, we realized what we were missing, what made us not feel good and what they were doing that made us feel really good. Um, and you know, we have a giant list of these things and how we're going to implement them when we come back. Um, but we were also very obviously able to see what the different cultural things were that you know wouldn't be applicable to us. So, um, or nearly as applicable, specific operational things. So now we have all these things that we're going to be bringing back over to the United States. But you know what? There's one thing that really just stood out. We had sincere interactions while we were in Europe. And it made me realize that so much of the United States is a transactional process. How we communicate outside of our initial core group of friends and family is all transactional. We forget that interactions is what makes you feel good. So <laughs> that seems so basic. Um, I want to I give you guys an example. So uh, we go to this Cardian Spectacular thing and... Um, we've got a couple different carding uh, vendors there, and you know a lot of them had invited us to dinner, and you know they want to be able to, um, you know, talk with us about what we're developing and how we're how we're growing and whatnot, because they want to sell some shit to us. Well, we ended up going out to dinner with a couple different uh, a couple different times, and I want to tell you about the last day that we spent there. Um, I think it was the last day, and anyways. Um, while we were there, we got a chance to go to one of the Cardi manufacturers, and I, I gotta be honest, I was really impressed, really impressed with what they had. Now I get it, you know, the salesman's job is to impress you, but the thing that impressed me about this company is that they understand that interactions are how you do business. So the person who invited us to the sales portion of this the entire time I talked with him, the only thing he was focused on was how he can help our business, how he can benefit, how he can, how he can connect with us to let us grow. Because he is, and he was straightforward, because if you grow, you'll be able to buy more carts. And if you can buy more carts, you can buy them from me. And I respect that. I respect the fact that he's willing to put, this is my intention on this right out in front. But to also say, but you know what? It's going to work for you really well, too. So we're going to work together to make this happen. Now, a lot of this had to do with integration of combat carding over to uh, the biz cart. Um, so it was quite impressive. We got a tour of the facility. And these people, they make their own lithium-ion batteries. They have their own nitrogen generation station. Uh, and it runs off of solar panels on their roof. And they have battery backups, so they store the energy in it. I mean, it was <laughs> really impressive facility and it was fucking huge so um, these guys they've got it done right it makes me glad that I didn't take the direction of making my own carts um, but anyways so as we're going through this facility I mean we're geeking out on them building their lithium-ion batteries talking about what the differences is uh, what where the differences are internally to the motors because I'm with their head of engineering as I'm going through all this stuff and this is a company that's got you know 80 full-time employees it's it's not small by any means 
um, the owner of the company was there to greet us when we got there. He brought me a cup of coffee, you know, immediately. That was the first thing he did, and then he just quickly said, "Hey, I got to get back to it. It was great meeting you. I hope to meet you, to see you again soon." You know, they. It was an entire interaction process, and I had fun. And you know, at that whole time, I'm going, "Man, these guys actually give a shit." Oh yeah, that's right. That did a podcast a while back ago about that. You know what? That's something that people enjoy, and I enjoy it. Now I think to the other interaction I had with our current supplier with carts. Our current supplier with carts, don't get me wrong, they're fucking great carts. They do a good job with that. But when I talked with them, they kept pushing us towards, you know, oh, you got to have these dual carts. You've got to get them because you, you're missing out on the kids. You're missing out on the kids. You have no idea how much money you're leaving on the table. The entire time I'm going, I know, I know, I know, I don't care, I don't care. I'm building a company for people like me that want a company that I'm built like I'm building. I want it to be for adults. I want us to be able to be kids again. I want it to be, you know, not exclusive to adults, but something that is geared to them, something that's finally catered for them that's not just a fucking bar. But anyways, that was my interaction with them was, here's how you make more money. Here's how you make more money. You got to make more money. It had nothing to do with how we actually, how we would benefit one another. They weren't listening to, um, they weren't listening to figure out how they could help me. They were listening to figure out how they could help themselves. And that was, that was disappointing. And you know what? That's probably the next cart purchase I do. That's a half a million dollar sale. The difference just between those two things. I had one person who gave a shit and I had another person who put me, his, pushed his values on me. And that's one of the things we miss out a lot on. You know, we, we work with our friends and our family and stuff like that and we feel like we are interacting with them because we genuinely care and connect and we, we figure out how we can help one another at all times. Sometimes it's more one-sided than another, but we're at least interested in that. And we have to break away from that and start getting our team to focus on those interactions because that is going to make people remember us. It's what's going to make people come back. And really, it's what we set out to do in the first place. You know, we built this company. Everything we're doing right now is to be able to share our passions with our friends. And, you know, honestly, at some point, it's hard to not let the business distract you. It's hard not to focus on what... Uh, you know, what Wall Street is telling you you need to be doing. And when that happens, you know, growth stagnates. And I can't say that we really moved that direction heavily, but I could feel it myself. I could feel that, you know, I was I was focusing on the numbers and I wasn't focusing on the interactions with the people coming through the door. And I'm excited that I was able to see that because I miss it. I like that. It's my favorite thing to do, actually. You know, these people, they're my partners. They're... You know, the guys I work with, that is my real partners. I miss them. And, you know, being able to be hand in hand with them uh, and focusing on this business and sharing what we're passionate about is something that we always find a way of really connecting with. Um, you know, and it, it, it got me thinking about, you know, why is that some, why is that such an important thing? It's, it's really, it's the core of what makes people successful. So if you think about it, um, what let, let's go to politicians okay everybody's like oh my god all these politicians are so fucking stupid and oh wait they're also all super fucking manipulative do you really think that stupid and manipulative happen for the same person 
fuck no. People who know how to control situations and guide people through their actions, they see it from a mile away when people are doing it to them. So they're just straight and genuine and they say, hey, here's my intentions. This is what I want to do. What do you want to do? Now, don't get me wrong. There's a smile behind it and whatnot. But at the end of the day, they're not stupid. They know what's going on. And they, they leverage their desires and their wants with one another to be able to support one another. They build a network that where everybody supports one another and they work together. And with that, everybody's successful. Well, except for the citizens of the United States in this scenario. <laughs> but... Um, Everybody in that business of being a politician is then successful by building upon one another. Um, and they do that by expressing their and inviting their friends over, you know, getting, um, you know, the vice president having the president over and breaking the, you know, the, that barrier, that wall of being at work. You know, there, it really hasn't changed. Business really has not changed. Um, at the end of the day, Business is no different than it used to be 40 years ago. You know, everybody likes to make you think that it's very different, and there's components of it. Well, there was no, like, Facebook ads back in the 50s. The end of the day is, is you make a friend, you make a sale. Um, now, that might sound dirty, but you know what? It's really not. Because you actually, let's think about your best friend. If your best friend called you right now, whatever job they were doing, said, hey, dude, would you do me a favor, and would you, or can I... Can I ask you if you'd be interested in buying this or whatever? Your fucking closest friend. You're probably already buying whatever the fuck they're doing or selling or whatever because you trust them and you give a shit about them and they would do the same thing for you. Business hasn't changed. It's complete. It's exactly the same. You just have a bigger speaker that you can use than what there used to be. You know, people who want to make you think that it's not about caring about people and connecting and giving a shit and literally that's all it fucking is. It's really nothing else. It's really just giving a shit about people and actually connecting with them and being a positive human being and not an asshole like that is what business has been based on for fucking thousands of years and all the way back to i mean jesus there's a, there's a uh if yeah literally jesus let's go back to that you know he was uh you know somebody everybody admired and looked up to and look at the following that created from that so all of these things the uh business to this is just building those relationships and people like to make you the reason they make to make you think differently with it is they want you to think of that um, it's harder than it really is and most things aren't you know even like a, a I find a lot of times the things that we are afraid of taking the first step to doing and we're like you know what we could just hire somebody that'll be amazing at that sometimes finding the person that is amazing at that is takes more time than actually just putting forth the initiative to do it yourself in the first place because nobody's going to be better at, at creating what you want than you. Um, you just got to figure out what the priorities are. Some of those things you just, you, you have to figure out that is going to be outside of your scope. You can't do everything. You have to choose what you're going to work on. But just so you know, most things are actually a lot easier than what you thought. And I think you could probably agree with that once you do it yourself. Anyways, um, huge fucking rant there. Went way in the weeds. Sorry, that was, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm not sorry. I actually enjoyed a lot of that. So, uh, one of the other things. All right, so we're in Offenbeck, and uh, we got a chance to learn from this guy. He was an Australian. His name was Ed, and he was, uh, he got a chance to tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what we should be doing with email campaigns and marketing. And, um, I took feverish notes, but one, you know, it kind of all came back to one thing. Um, it was the idea that 
Marketing is about catching people's attention, obviously, and that's not what I realized, but it just, you know, follow me here. How do you get people's attention? And to do that, there's a, there's a million different ways. So you, you can do it the Zach Bingham way. I love Zach so fucking much. He can get anybody's attention in a heartbeat. I don't give a shit who it is, where you're at, he can, and he can get a mass amount of attention because he'll be a complete fucking goofball and do something that makes people turn their eyes to them or to him because it's out of the ordinary. And that's one of the ways you can catch it, capture attention with marketing. Another way you can do it is by appealing to them. And to appeal to them is what everybody always tries to go, the avenue you try to go. Um, one of the hard parts about that is, is people are unique in, in, in many different ways. They, they value certain things. They, um, they um, have different uh, perceptions of uh, you know, what's good, what's bad, what looks, uh, what looks appealing, what doesn't. Um, you know, it's, it's like thinking of like the different birds and the, their colors at that point. So making something appealing to people is much more difficult, but um, if you can do it, it's much more impactful in my eyes. Um, and then you also don't sacrifice a little bit of your heart if you, uh, if you really want it, if you're trying to go the ridiculous route and you maybe sacrifice some of your company values or values that you'd like to have for the sake of trying to catch people's attention. Um, so, you know, those are two very key ways. Um, but the other thing is, is that you want to start building that relationship as a friend uh, with with the, that person that's reading that marketing campaign. You want to start building that relationship with them so that they, when you're one step closer to being, you know, a supportive business relationship where you, you guys help one another. Um, so how do you do that? Well, it's going to be a lot about who you are and how you communicate. Um, so if you want, if you want to be able to put something out there that connects with people. Find something that means something to you and share that. So that's, a, that's one that's pretty freaking successful out there quite often. I mean, you think about um, you know, the people that have long-term relationships. They're willing to open up to one another and be um, you know, honest with one another and you know, have some vulnerability and that type of stuff. So um, you think of something like that, you, know, you, can, you can go to like some type of an emotional call. Um, so... Um, Okay, so let's think about this. Like, so I'm thinking about what high caliber card and entertainment is, and they are, um, you know, we're we, we're creators of joy. That's our that's our north star metric. That's what we're going after, right? So if I think about that, I'm like, what is what is joy? Give some, what are some representations of joy? And you know, one of those representations is the um, my parents when I was a kid um, putting pictures. Um, on the on the fridge and my uh, my report card things like that, um, they that was one of the things like it me succeeding brought them joy and me seeing them put that up on the fridge brought me joy and I think everybody here um, they can align with that. Um, so if I start thinking about that, I'm like, okay, those aren't there anymore. You know, my parents aren't pinning a fucking report card or you know my W two or something like that up on the fridge or. Um, but you know what? They're, they are pictures of my family and stuff. And if I think about it, that whole process, it's not about what the picture is. It's about what it represents. And it represents a, a, a common smile, something that makes us feel good between one another. That both of us feel good. You know, It's something that I'm proud of and I'm happy of, and they're proud and happy for me having it. So as I grow older, those things disappear. You know, The fridge probably doesn't even have anything on it anymore, right? But you know what? What didn't disappear was the smiles I get from them. 
I get a chance to frustrate them less, <laughs> maybe because I'm just not around them as often. Um, but I get to watch those smiles create all the time. And I do that by sharing the things that I am passionate about with them and being passionate about the things that they're passionate about. And you know what, no matter what it is, that's what, no matter what you're passionate about, we have something for that at High Caliber Carding. We created that facility for so that all different types of shapes, sizes, and beliefs can come and they can share some type of happiness and joy. And that's what we're trying to create is that connection piece is bringing those two people and bringing them together and making that, that connection, having a place to be able to easily do that. That's what we're there for because high caliber card and entertainment is our passions and it's our enthusiasm. It's our enthusiasm for what we do and what we love. And you know what? We want to share that with you. So that's a, a long-winded way of bringing some type of emotional call into it. You know, I'm, I'm tying into memories that are probably pretty accurate for most people um, and showing that connection and making and opening their eyes that it's not there and this is what it's really important about. This is what the connection is and this is why we're there. Um, so being able to, you know, that something like that, that emotional call, that's going to that's gonna resonate with people and it's going to increase how many people connect with your company, right? Um, so after you get through that stuff, um, you've really got to start to ask yourself, like, what makes you uh, infuriated? What makes you happy? And those things, sharing in those things with people. Maybe not, I'm not saying have like a freaking circle meeting here about like, you know, what, um, you know, some like, uh, you know, support group or something like that. But if you think about the things that make you happy and the things that make you frustrated, you can think about how you can talk to that. So things that make me happy is those connections I have with my parents and I drew all that all the way back, right? Anybody can do this. And that's an easy way to make those emotional connections. Um, so there's just a couple right there that you can go after. Now, the thing is, is you also have to be able to communicate that message. That message can't just be something that you say and you know you just got a chance to listen to that on my podcast, but you're not gonna get the atten everybody's attention to listen in unless they're voluntarily listening and like you sons of bitches that are on this podcast um you know if you're throwing it in a commercial or whatever you've got to do it in a different way to catch their attention um so the next part of that is to avoid the template all right um so this is actually i got pretty fucking lucky with this as they were going through and it makes a lot of sense and i went back and i looked at the emails that i opened and it was blatantly obvious i don't know how i didn't see this but um if I get an email that has a template to it, like a background, a border, a bunch of pictures, blah, 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 I'm really not looking at it. I'm not reading it line for line. I'm looking for the highlighted words. I'm probably looking to delete it as fast as I fucking can or unsubscribe from it as fast as I can because I don't got time for that shit. But you know what re emails you read every goddamn time? It's the ones that are black text with white font that is just like a fucking letter written to you. It's it's inherent you can't not read it because it feels like it's written to you it's not just some advertisement you see that was a big aha moment for me because yeah i mean think of any of the emails you get from your coworkers, or um, i mean really go back and look at the commercial emails that you actually uh that you opened up um which ones did you connect with and when i saw this i realized holy shit it's the like the ones I open 100% of the time are the ones that look like a fucking letter to me and don't look like an advertisement to me. So avoid the templates if you can. Um, 
if you're just starting off like I am, you may still do that anyways. Uh, and there may be some things that you use Tatmas for, like, you know, happy birthday, uh, you know, if you're going to send them a coupon or something like that. Which, um, or, you know, for us, we're going to be doing a free race within five days of your birthday. We're going to be launching here. Uh, actually, we launched that on Friday. Um, but, um, yeah, anyways, with that, you know, you, there's something that they're probably going to print. And it actually, you know, they know it's free to them. They're going to go after it anyways. Like, if it already appeals to something that, you know, really drives people like free product, um, that's, that's going to be one that you can kind of just go with that. Uh, anyways, at the end of it, sign your name. People, if you see, like, high caliber carding team or um, administrator or whatever, um, if you see that at the bottom, people are, now it feels like it's a corporation. People don't like interacting with the corporation. They like people. Um, now, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to make sure you start small. Um, now, there's a thing called A-B testing. Um, A-B testing is, let's say you're going to, so create, you know, two, three, four different, um, different emails. And let's say, so for us, I think we got like a 25,000 email database right now. Um, and that's the amount of people that actually are okay with us emailing them um, that were, you know, they were good. They didn't want, they, they chose to uh, receive emails from us physically by clicking the button and saying, I do want it rather than saying, I do not want it, um, which is a good indicator that they're actually, we have an audience there. Um, but anyways, uh, you know, do like a uh, hundred of this template and a hundred of this template and a hundred of this template, and then go back and look and ask yourself, like, what are the open rates? So. Um, you're really gonna want an open rate somewhere around that 30 to 35 percent mark. That's really fucking good. I think average is like 20 to 25 percent get opened. Um, there's other things like click-through rate and whatnot, but that's what I'm really focused on: is are people physically open it? Now, remember, if you do anything, any tricks to be able to inc uh, to increase this, you got to remember that that is you got to take that into uh, account for what is the effectiveness of what's open. So let's say I get an email that's like. Hey Jordan, open this up for you know a free. I don't know KTM e-bike, right? Like I really want a fucking e-bike, and I'm probably actually gonna open that. So yeah, there you go. There's an advertisement you can send to me if uh, if you're selling e-bikes. Um, but anyways, so I'm gonna be clicking on that. But the thing is, as soon as I open it, if I see something that's like you know, come into this dealership during this time to this time to enter for a chance to win, blah, blah, blah. Nope, I'm not gonna go into it. But if it was something that was close to a small barrier, I would, do, I would, I would make action to that, right? Um, so you, want, you also wanna think about like, what's the effectiveness? So you wanna look at how many times they actually click on a link on there. Now, if I click on a link on there and it directs me over to a uh, website to be able to purchase something, that's great. But if, it, if you put on there like a manual unsubscribe link so that you get to trick the uh, email companies, like people are clicking the links in your emails, you're getting a, a higher follow through on that um, by hitting the making your own unsubscribe button that redirects them to your website to uh, say, are you sure you wanna go? Now all of a sudden your click through rates are higher, which is great for that website, but you actually have no fucking clue how your click weight is doing because that could massively impact that. So just remember, be careful about the tricks and things that are gonna, that you know, supposed industry experts will give you because um, it can really fuck up your, uh, your, your performance metrics. And what's more important, getting people to click the unsubscribe button and looking good or actually knowing what works and what doesn't work. Um, so 
try to get those uh, those A B campaigns. Get them. Get sorry, I have to go back to my notes there. Um, those A B campaigns. You got to go back and you got to see okay which one performed best, and then run with that template. That's how you're going to get some really good results out of your email marketing campaigns, and it's a lot of work. And I'm just embarking on this process, so stay tuned. Hopefully, I can uh, maybe be able to give you something, uh, some tidbits later on as how things went on that. Um, but anyway, start small on that, and then as you start to like, let's say you do you know three focus groups, A, B, C, uh, B perform best, so you send out B. Don't blast it out to all twenty-five thousand of what our subscribers are. Do, you know, do five thousand, see how it performs and whatnot. Because if you fucked it up, you really don't want to fuck it up with twenty-five thousand. It also gives you a chance to make sure it's going to be functional. You can always do those other twenty thousand, you know, a couple days later after you see how it performed. But if you get a shitload of people that are like. I'm out of here, market is spam, blah, 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 stuff, then you probably don't want to release it to a shitload of people because it's really going to fuck you up. So, you know, do little by little and understand that within a couple of days it's perfectly fine to be sending it out to everybody. All right, so I just covered a metric shitload of stuff there. Um, I've, <laughs> I, there's a million things more. Honestly, there's so much more I would love to share. But, you know, I'm going to be honest, I'm pretty fucking tired. I just got back from Europe today. Um, got a chance to get home, spend some time with my wife and daughter. Um, Jalissa went with me to Europe, and it was an absolute blast. I love seeing the world through her eyes. Um, but anyways, uh, tomorrow's a new day. And as I step into tomorrow, after learning all these things that we learned from overseas, now I've got to take action on all this. And starting first thing in the morning, we're getting right back into filming for combat carding. And Oh, I didn't even cover that here in the beginning. So uh, we have Optic Films actually came out, and they are, uh, they've are they been filming our release of Combat Carding because we're, we're there. We're ready to launch. Um, and that was a big part of why we went to Europe this, uh, this year. So uh, it was to try to see how many people were interested in it, you know, start getting some feelers out there. And it's going to do very well. We are very confident in that because about everybody knew about it already. So... We're in a good place. Um, now we just got to execute on it. So tomorrow morning, first thing, Optic Films is going to be coming out. They're going to fe- uh, finish filming the release. So hopefully after the next podcast here, I'll be able to tell you guys a little bit of how that went. And hopefully we'll be able to share it. So anyways, guys, thanks for listening. Hopefully uh, you got something you gleaned from this. Um, please like this, share this, um, and give me comments. Let me know uh, where I'm go- going with things. I'd love to hear some feedback on Uh, how things are doing. Um, I get it from a few of you guys pretty religiously, but uh, I'd love to hear it from more. So anyways, guys, have a great night. Go kick some ass. See ya.